Welcome back, welcome back. Um, for the fourth time in a row, unfortunately, we got all this shit happening again, but we're going to get into it. We'll let the music drop. NBA Finals. Yeah. Where are you going, Brain? Back to the cage to plan for tomorrow night. Why? What are we going to do tomorrow night? The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. We back. Um... Like I said before, the music started episode four of the Cleveland versus Warriors saga in the finals. Um, I feel like the best way to do this is to kind of backtrack, revamp, go over everything that happened before. So we'll start off with that. We'll start with the Eastern Conference Finals because those were a lot less eventful. All right. So the Eastern Conference Finals, we had the LeBron versus Celtics matchup, which isn't the matchup we wanted. We wanted LeBron versus Kyrie. Unfortunately, that couldn't happen. Just injury circumstances. Gordon Hayward went out the first five minutes of the season, as we all know. But cannot lie, we were very, very impressed by the Celtics season this year. Um, first seed in the East, second seed in the East. I'm sorry. First seed was the Toronto Raptors. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers this whole season have not cared about getting the number one seed, which paid off for them in the long run. You have LeBron playing 82 games this season. He played his 100th game during the Cavs-Celtic series, which is incredible. Um, I am not going to lie. I am a resident LeBron hater. I can't stand the man. Um, I am starting to respect his greatness a lot more now just because eight finals in a row is ridiculous. Um, Jordan would have got to eight finals in a row, but, you know, baseball, stuff like that just doesn't, doesn't really count. Um, a lot of legacy conversation has been going on with LeBron James and Oh, can he surpass Jordan? Has he already surpassed Jordan? What would he need to do? Stuff like that. Uh, I'm not really trying to get into a lot of that. We might do a little bit of it, but as of now, Celtics, Cavs, um, very, very good series. Uh, didn't think that it was going to be nearly as good of a series as it ended up being, but I'm not disappointed at all by that. Um, first game of the series, the Celtics come out and just punch the Cavs in the mouth. Um, easy win, second second game, same scenario. Just like showing that the the way that they played Ben Simmons was it looked like it was really going to work um, well on LeBron James. You have two people who LeBron obviously is a much better shooter and better scorer than Ben Simmons is because Ben Simmons is a rookie and he's still developing. But the formula is still the same. Two great passers. They're more focused on facilitating than they are about getting their own numbers or own points up. So the plan is, is you play off of them a little bit and give them a little bit of space to shoot. Hopefully they don't take the shots, but you want to play the passing lanes. You can't let them drive past you. Ben Simmons has this thing with like LeBron and Russell Westbrook have where it's, they get three steps running towards you. They get a full head of steam. You're not going to get in the way of that. There's no one in their right mind who's going to stop LeBron James from running full head of steam to the basket. So this, it's all working out really well for him. You have LeBron down two games, and it's it's all, man, what's, what's going to happen? LeBron's leaving the Cavs. Where is he going? Oh, my God, maybe he could go to the Sixers. Maybe he goes to L.A. with Paul George. Maybe he goes to the Rockets, teams up with CP3 and Chris Paul. But no one's really putting any stock in the people possibly coming to join him in Cleveland I wouldn't because one I hate him and two Cleveland sucks 
and it just doesn't seem like a good business move. So Brad Stevens is literally killing this guy right now. Brad Stevens, um, all of his defensive schemes are working out. You have made everyone else on the Cavaliers look like they play for the Cavaliers and they just weren't doing anything. LeBron James was doing it all by himself. Um, 40 point triple doubles, really, really just going crazy. And there's no way around admitting that. Um, third game comes around and LeBron James makes it very apparent we're not playing no more. This is going to be a LeBron game. So LeBron wins games two and three at home. Uh, his role players played better. Um, usually they always say role players play better at home than they do on the road just because of comfort and stuff like that. He got some numbers out of Kevin Love. He got some numbers out of Corver in um, game two. Um, game three was more of the Jordan Clarkson, um, J.R. Smith games. They came, helped out, did a lot better than they were doing at Boston. Um, they go back to TD Garden in game five and... Um, the way that this whole series went is just home team was winning them all. Home team, home team, home team, home team. So you get into game six, and now the Celtics um, have come, lost in Cleveland, which was to be expected. The home teams are winning all of these games. But now it's game seven. Now it's the LeBron legacy game. Now it's, okay, who's the best man on the court today? And as much as I wanted the Celtics to win, and as easy as it is to write revisionist history, you, you kind of know going into a Game 7 circumstance with Al Horford and Jason Tatum that LeBron's probably going to be the guy. Um, as much as I don't like the Cavs, and I'm probably going to continue to say it on the pod, uh, I was very, very happy to see LeBron make the finals again just because, like I said, Al Horford, Jason Tatum, and Terry Rozier isn't really going to be a great storyline and narrative going into the finals. You want to see Kyrie. You want to see Gordon Hayward. So at least it's a real shot. It's a full team going up against the Warriors or the Rockets or whoever's going to come out of the West. I'm not really sure I want to watch Al Hortford and Jason Tatum for two weeks get their lives broken down and deep dives into them just because they're not really as intriguing of characters. And then if that happens, now LeBron's already out of the finals. Now we have an extended three-week period of talking about where LeBron's going to go in free agency, which we really can hold off until the end of the year, but we never do. We start talking about it as soon as the, the basketball season starts every year, which isn't his fault. It's our fault for trying to be ahead of stories. It's the media's fault for always wanting to write the narrative and be the first person to say something. So can't hold it against LeBron. Um, the real question is, is are we going to hold it against him after this season when he leaves inevitably wherever he goes, unless he gets people to come join him in, in Cleveland? Are we going to hold this against his legacy? Will this be just another reason in which he will never pass Jordan as the GOAT? Hopefully. Um, I, I really, really hope so. Um, I really feel as if KD doesn't leave uh, OKC, he could in theory go down with a better career arc than LeBron James, but he threw that all away. Um, the, the Celtics played really, really well. If we're gonna, we're, I'm really only gonna break down the game sevens because those are the most recent games. Um, game seven, Celtics, Cavs. Uh, it's looking kind of similar to the rest of all the other games we're looking, where it's LeBron versus Tatum and Horford, and 
to be honest, the thing that stood out to me most about this game, other than the terrible three-point shooting decision-making of the Celtics in the fourth quarter when all the pressure's on and they kind of buckled, in my opinion, um, the fact that Jason Tatum is going to be a problem in this league really stood out to me over everything. Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum was balling. If you didn't see the game, Jason Tatum, one, dunked on LeBron, comes back down the next possession, shoots a three up on him, raises up, and it's just nasty. Um, big five-point swing. This is literally at the crux of the game. So you have, I think it's a three, four-point game at this point in time. You have a rookie come down, dunk on LeBron James, and then on the next possession, square up, shoot a three, and he's just going crazy. He's letting everybody know, oh, I'm here to stay. So Jason Tatum is a good person for us to keep our eyes on for the next upcoming years. Um, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons. This has been a really, really good class, even though Ben Simmons technically isn't this class. But these rookies, man, they're they're coming in the league a lot more, just with more skills. You know, um, a lot of people in the league, it's, it's dribble, pass, and shoot. If you think about everyone in the NBA, your favorite player, not a lot of people can do all three. You have people who dribble, pass, and shoot. LeBron James comes to mind. Um, Steph Curry can just dribble and shoot. He's not an excellent passer. Um, Kyrie can dribble, pass, and shoot. KD can dribble, pass, and shoot. Kawhi Leonard can dribble, pass, and shoot. But when you really look at when you really look at it, there's a lot of players in the league who can only do one. For the majority of them, role players, bench guys can just do one. Um, secondary, tertiary guys on your roster are really hopefully going to be able to do two. You're not going to come across a lot of people in the league who can do all three, and that's kind of my metric on judging players. I know it's just a Breon thing, but when you really think about it, everyone's not as skilled as you would think right away. Um, so the fact that Jason Tatum comes in, he can shoot, he can pass. Um, I'm not really sure, too sure of his handle, but we, we have time for that to develop. Ben Simmons is already in the league. He can pass and he can dribble. Um, he works on that jump shot. It's going to be crazy. You have Donovan Mitchell, who has shown that he can really almost do all three. The, the jumper's streaky, but he's going to be a real problem in this league for years to come. So that's going to be really, really exciting to see how they all progress. And speaking of young talent, the Celtics is really the best way to go about this because they have a plethora of young talent. They have decisions to make on Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier, at, um, just contract-wise, just because how many people are going to keep on that team. You can't keep everyone, and it's it's unfortunate. But you you got to think about it. You got to put some thought into it. Is who are you keeping around? Who are you getting rid of? Because OKC did this a while ago with James Harden, and now we see where the Rockets are at. The Rockets have built their entire roster around what James Harden is doing. They got a bunch of shooters around him. You bring in um, Mike D'Antoni because he ran the seven-second offense in in Phoenix with Houston. And the Sean Marion, Amari Stoudemire, Steve Nash um, led Suns, where you run down the court, you're shooting on seven seconds or less. The Rockets are predicated on either taking three-pointers or taking layups. Anything in the mid-range are trying to stay out of there, and that kind of became the downfall to them in this series. But let's let's get into it. Um, game one, the Rockets come out on their home court 
and they take a nice jab from the Warriors. And before the series started, I was saying um, Warriors and six. Then the day before, I changed my mind and I was like, you know what? I don't want the Celtics to make it, like I said earlier with the Jason Tatum, Al Horford thing, where it's, you don't want to see them um, get pressed for a week. Um, as good as a team they are, it's not the it's not the matchup we want to see. It's not exciting. But then again, what we have now is we have Cavs Warriors again, which I didn't want to see for the fourth year in a row. So I switched my position, said Rockets in seven, just because Rockets, LeBron, it's going to be a better series. LeBron might actually have a chance, so the games will be enticing. Um, if you get Warriors Celtics, Warriors are going to blow the Celtics out without without question. Um, Warriors Cavs blow out yet again without question so I just felt like Rockets Cavs would have been the best case scenario just for my own selfish reasons but game one on their home floor they it's looking good you know they're doing a very good job keep the game close you know um, it, it's two shooting teams so no matter what some it's, it's gonna be a bunch of runs everyone's gonna shoot their shots everyone's gonna make some everyone's gonna miss some but the the key to beating the Warriors is the third quarter. Um, throughout the playoffs, now the Game Seven's over in the Western Conference Finals. The Warriors have outscored their opponents by 501 points in just the third quarter. The third quarter Warriors are the team to beat. First quarter, second quarter, they team they tend to be a little lazy, like days of cold turnover stuff like that. Fourth quarter, they're up by so much that they have the bench playing. So the third quarter is really when you're going to get the Warriors' best shot. If you can survive that third quarter ambush, that's that's really the best way for you to overcome that, possibly win the series. So the first game, it looks like they're doing a pretty good job surviving um, the first two quarters. The first half goes over, and, and we're looking pretty good. Third quarter Warriors come out, bang, punch in the mouth, game over. Um, game two, Rockets yet again on their home floor. They had to win it, so they came out, punched them right back, and... Take game two on their home floor. Game three, back to Warriors, um, back to what? The Oracle and Golden State. The Warriors, 85 to 126. This is the game where it's like, are you are you kidding me? Like this this is the finals. We've all known all year that whoever wins the Western Conference pretty much is going to win the NBA championship. So we're watching the finals, and game three, the Rockets lose 85 to 126 in Oracle. So now it's like, damn, this is over. Warriors in five. Game four comes out. The Rockets win the first game in the Oracle that the Warriors have lost in, what, since they started this playoff run. So in the last three years, they have not lost any games in the Oracle arena. The Rockets give them that first loss on the 22nd, on that Tuesday. And then um, Thursday, come back out in Houston, and bam, Rockets win again. So now Houston's up three to two. Now it's like, damn, what's gonna happen? Um, maybe, just maybe, they can pull it out. You get, um, I think, yeah, game five is the best, the best game of the series. Game five, I believe, is the game. Um, Chris Paul got injured. Um, Rockets are down 10, 15 points going into the fourth quarter, and Chris Paul really comes and wills them this game. And Boy, do I respect Chris Paul a lot more. Um, I never was one of those, Chris Paul isn't the guy, one of those people. I do believe that Harden isn't the guy. I do believe that Harden doesn't have it. 
but I always have kind of believed in Chris Paul. Chris Paul's a dog. Chris Paul, Jimmy Butler are grown-ass men in this league. They are not going to just let you come in and and just punk them on their home court. Jimmy Butler plays like a grown-ass man. Chris Paul plays like a grown-ass man. And it's crazy to me. It is, it is literally nonsense to me that people would have that opinion of Chris Paul but then again you can only give people credit for what they've shown you so I'm not really too too upset with the people who who push that narrative but really come on now so Chris Paul wills them this game wins them this game gets a strain um hamstring at the end um like what last two possessions which really is kind of the the sum up of the whole series um game six Andre Iguodala Chris Paul are both not playing um, Rockets lose 86 to 115. Um, game seven, we all know how that went. Um, James Harden was kind of doing his thing the whole first half. Um, third quarter, PJ Tucker's really kind of putting his stamp on the game. The Warriors are trying to make their run, but they're not able to really, really pull away yet. So you're thinking the Rockets are at home. All we need is just them to start hitting shots again. Because what, they missed 27 three pointers in a row, which has never happened in, in NBA history. Um, I don't know why you don't grab the ball and walk into the paint or keep giving the ball to Clint Capella. Clint Capella looked unstoppable in the first half of this um, game seven. And what what happened? What happened? Nothing. They stopped giving him the ball. You put in Ryan Anderson. Ryan Anderson was a dud. That's the reason that they didn't play him all series because I was wondering about that. Um, the best hope for Ryan Anderson was getting the Cavs because he can play against Kevin Love, but he can't play against the Warriors. He doesn't have it. He doesn't have the speed, the foot speed. Doesn't play enough defense. And then on offense, him running around screens like you have Andre Iguodala on him or Draymond on him or KD on him. It doesn't matter. Like you're faster than Kevin Love. You're faster than Biggs, but you're not gonna you're not gonna run around on the Warriors. They're gonna switch everything which is really the the key to what the Rockets did the series is they put themselves in a position to switch everything and that put the pressure back on the Warriors to hit shots they weren't afraid of the the death lineup or the Hamptons five or whatever they want to be called now and they they really gave the the Warriors a really good shot um I could get into the if Chris Paul plays game seven how does that go type of a thing to be honest I think that they win if Chris Paul plays just because they needed that dog, they needed that guy on the court to be like, hey, you know what? This is my team. We're not going to lose today. And they didn't have that. Um, and that really, to me, kind of was the difference in game seven. Uh, James Harden is James Harden is looking very, very overrated to me at this point in time. Um, this MVP is going to be really, really crazy because when we look back on it, the fact that they announced it after the finals, it's going to look really, really bad knowing everything that we know now. If you give James Harden the MVP before the playoffs start and then he does this, it's a little more palatable. But when we look back on it and he gets this award and the last image that we've seen of him is yet again him laying another goose egg, yet again him looking lackadaisical, like he doesn't care, like this is it's just about his stats or whatever it is for him. Maybe he's just cashing checks. It's not gonna go well for him, and he's definitely not gonna get an MVP next year. Kind of the way that we did with Russ, where Russ gets the triple double. It's the revenge on KD season, so everybody's behind it. But now, Russ did the exact same thing this year. Got another 
triple-double. We averaged a triple-double again, and no one cares. Like, when we look back at it, we're going to say, oh, James Harden was incredible, but what did he really do? Like, he accomplished getting the number one seed. I think he was highest-scoring player in the league this season, probably. Um, assist numbers are crazy. Um, what he's doing in the West, what he's doing to lead the Rockets team is dope. But um, how much are we putting into results? How much does the result of what you're doing matter? So now that we know that he's done absolutely nothing and his results aren't there, um, let's let's get into people who have continued time and time and time again to show the results, to, to get to the finals four years in a row. Um, this is the, the Rockets, or wow, the Warriors versus the LeBrons. And as much as I hate LeBron, Man, I hope they can steal a few games. Like if they can at least get this to six, this will this will work pretty well for me. But ah oh man, I have a bad bad feeling this is going to be a five game series. Little gentleman sleep, gentleman sweep. Just because as much as I do not like LeBron, he's not going to get swept in the finals. He can't. He cannot have that on his legacy again. You have the, the Spurs swept him the one year where it was the band of misfits with Booby Gibson and Mo Williams and them. I believe, what, that's 07? I don't know. I have no idea. But he gets swept out that year. Um, he loses again to the Spurs when he's in Miami. I believe that that's five games. Loses to the Mavs in six. Um Man, you can't you can't have all these losses on your resume, you know. Beat the beat OKC in five. After that, did they play the Spurs again? They played the Spurs again. Beat the Spurs. I don't know. I don't have this looked up. Um, I'm really doing this off the top of my head right now. Um, it's it's gonna be really interesting. Um, five games saves his legacy. Six games, it's gonna be a, a notch in his belt. Like, oh boy, look, he at least forced him to six games, won two games by himself. Look at Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance. But if he gets swept out, no one's no one's hearing none of that. No one's hearing none of this legacy conversation when you got swept out of the 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 finals. Even though you are with no one on your team, Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love, J.R. Smith. Um, in theory, you're the best player in the world. You want to sit here and talk about how you're going to be the GOAT. You kind of got to pull something out your ass. You got to pull a rabbit out the hat. So I think they're going to steal a game. Game three at home for sure is going to be there. Um, other than that, game three maybe, game five. But this is not looking good for LeBron. This isn't looking good for the Cavs. Um, this is going to turn into a lot of where's LeBron going over the summer. That's what a lot of this narrative is going to be. We see it coming now. No one really cares uh, about the final just because we really know how this is going to go. Um, as long as Andre Iguodala comes back, which he is just breaking news right now, he's going to be out for game one. Um, it's going to be really, really, really interesting kind of to see how this all plays out, to see where this goes because... If, if LeBron wants to be the greatest 23 ever, which isn't possible, he, if he wins this, which he won't, if he wins this, oh boy, is that a case. Oh boy, if he beats the greatest basketball team ever assembled, that's, that's a pretty good notch on your belt if you want to talk about GOAT conversations, you want to talk about legacies. Um, the problem is, is do we think that LeBron really 
cares about his legacy, even though he does, obviously. Everything that he does is very calculated. He's kind of Drake in that way, where it's, I want to make sure that I have this perfect, pristine image and nothing can type, can stifle that. So I'm just going to make sure everything I do is, is super, super well thought out and um, I want to be well loved and all this good stuff going on. So LeBron has a lot of that in him. You can tell he, he's always calculating what he's doing. When he's sitting there in press conferences, he thinks for four seconds before he answers. There's times when they ask him questions in the locker room and then he comes out to the podium and says the exact same thing. So you know that there's, there's a method to the madness that he has going on. The question is, is what is this method? Um, do we have faith in the in the LeBron method? Do we think that LeBron can trust Kyle Korver? Do we think that he can trust Tristan Thompson? Do we think that he can trust J.R. Smith? Do we think that we, he can trust Kevin Love? Um, I'm not sure. Who are they going to start? Do you start Jordan Clarkson? Do you start Larry Nance? Because if you want to switch everything on the Warriors, I'd say probably your best bet's going to be you start Kevin Love, you start Larry Nance, obviously LeBron. Now you got two spots left. I'd go George Hill, J.R. Smith. That's going to be my starting five. But J.R. played really, really good defense, not last year in the finals, but the year before that in the finals. He locked down. Um, J.R. hasn't shot that well at all this year. JR has barely played in a lot of games in this postseason. When he does, he's laid a few goose eggs. Um, Kyle Korver could be a better um, scorer for you than JR, but Kyle Korver, who's he going to go? So it's really just a lot of matchups, a lot of playing chess, and Steve Kerr edged and coaching easily. He's going to beat um, Tyron Lue as a coach. Um, Steph Curry's going to win the point guard matchup. Your shooting guard matchup, you got Klay Thompson. That's a win. Um, small forward, we'll go. Uh, I'll go LeBron over KD, even though I feel like it's pretty even. We'll call it a wash, but we'll give them one matchup there. Um, what Larry Nance, Draymond, Draymond wins that four matchup and five. You got Kevin Love and whoever they decide to start. Um, you can't start Udala because he's injured. So who are they going to start? Festus Azili. You're going to start JaVale McGee. Like, I don't, I don't know why everyone has this blind faith in the Warriors. Just, I mean, their their bench is a lot less deep this year than they were prior. Um, you have JaVale McGee, Festus Azili, and Zaza Pachulia as your centers. You got, what, Bell, whatever the rookie's name is, throwing these behind-the-back hedge um, corner screens. To, to Steph Curry, um, moving screens, whatever. Um, what's his name? I wonder, It's not Roger Bell, Jordan Bell, that's his name. Jordan Bell's been playing, playing pretty well, I mean, relatively for a rookie, but you have two rookies coming off the bench at your guards. You have three big guys who really aren't made for this league anymore. So they, got, they, they don't really have their work cut out for them. We know how this goes. We know exactly what's going to happen. Warriors and five. I'm really not sure what else we need to say other than Warriors come out and play. Warriors and five. Cavs take game three. Um, LeBron goes to... Shit. I think LeBron has to stay. LeBron stays and tries to get Paul George. Um... Yeah, that's it. That's it. Because everything else is going to be a lot of LeBron talk for free agency. And I just said before that this is stupid. We have to let the finals play out. So 
Warriors in five, Cavs win game three at home, and LeBron stays. All right. Um, this has been What's Breon episode three. I appreciate you for, for tuning in. Um, we got a J. Cole uh, episode coming soon, so we're going to do that. I think we're going to do a few more finals episodes that we'll try to get um, the original Breon on here and see what that Bree is on. But yeah, thanks for tuning in. Episode three, What's Breon podcast, NBA finals. Huh? <laughs>